obedience. It's a word that sometimes is met with great force because we just don't want to do it. But when it's explained properly, when we're doing it out of a good heart, it can truly be beneficial to us. So obedience, probably your first example is what my first example was when I started looking into this was as a child, you obey your parents. That's probably like the groundwork that we're working with here when we're talking about it. But what does that actually mean from a Christian perspective? That's what we're going to dive into in today's episode. So I hope you're ready. Let's have some fun. You're listening to Theology Gals, a podcast for women to learn theology in a practical and applicable way. Come join the roundtable and discover all that God has for you. Here's your host, Jari. Obedience is defined by Webster's Dictionary as the act or instance of obeying or the quality or state of being obedient. So what does that actually look like from a Christian standpoint, from a faith perspective? Well, the meaning of Christian obedience is really just submitting or obeying to the commands and laws of God. If God is the highest authority and we believe that he is our creator and our father, then obeying him in all that he has set for us is just obeying in general. Obedience is living by faith, is living your life, believing that Christianity is true and following God's commandment to have faith and really just putting that into practice. So what are some scriptures on obedience? First, we have Isaiah 1, 19 that says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And Exodus 23, 22, but if you carefully obey his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. Now, other than obeying God by following the commandments that he has set for us, there are actually some practical ways that we can obey God in our daily lives from a Christian perspective. And the three that we're going to cover really come from Matthew 22. And I'm going to read it real quick just so that we have a background and a basis for what we're really diving into here. And it goes like this, Matthew 22, 36 through 40. It says, Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now, just for some context, basically what's going on in this verse is that they're asking God like, hey, what is like the best law, the biggest law, the law that we really should keep above all laws? Because some laws, you know, we can probably get by with breaking them. They don't have as much consequences as bigger laws. So what is that really big one that we really have to stick to? That's basically what's going on here as you know, the people are talking to the Lord and asking him these things. So his answer, of course, is love. But how exactly do we do that? He says that the greatest commandment is to love. And he gives us two ways that we're supposed to love above all else. But that can really be difficult for us because our concept of love can really be just tainted by our experiences. Many times there are people who don't really know what love is because they've never seen or experienced it. And as unfortunate as that is, God does his best to show what true love looks like. But for us to love others, we have to 
first love ourselves as we saw in this verse but we also have to understand what it is to show and give love to others and that really can be difficult if like i said previously you've never experienced that or maybe have experienced it in a very tainted way where it was given and taken away or it was given with conditions and you've never experienced that unconditional love that the lord can truly offer So what does it look like to love, to love the Lord your God? Well, the way that we can love God and really obey and honor him is to do just that, honor and praise him. When God gives you the gift of love, the way that you thank him is by obeying him and honoring him in that. Let's say, for example, that you receive a gift, whether it's a birthday gift. I like to use the example of a wedding gift. When somebody receives a wedding gift, Many times the couple is going to give a card back to the person who gave them a gift as a thank you because they are not only blessed by their giving, they want to honor the fact that they wanted to bless their marriage and bless them with something, whether that's money, a gift off of their registry, or some other aspect. Now, while God offers his love unconditionally, we don't actually have to honor or bless him for him to love us. He just does it because he's God and because he does have unconditional love. It's still nice to be able to thank him for something like that, that he doesn't actually have to do and that he gives us voluntarily and willingly by honoring him and blessing him and just thanking God through your life by honoring the things that he's given you. You know, God has given you a roof over your head. He's given you food on your table, the clothes on your back. While these may seem like simple things, they're what I like to call like the starter package of thanking God to show him honor, to love him, to obey him. And while that may be a long road, sometimes we've got to start small to get to our end goal. And that can be really hard sometimes because there are many distractions that this world offers us, whether it's whatever we're doing in our lives. Maybe you have children that need your attention. Maybe you're married and you're trying to work on your relationship with your spouse. Or even if it's something as simple as, you know, scrolling social media, maybe the Lord is calling you to take a couple of minutes, put down the phone, put down Instagram. You know, um, if it's relationships that are taking your time, maybe you're being called to Act in that relationship and say, hey, I think that we should take some time to just pray and thank God because that's the first step in all of this is thanking God and really showing him that honor through that. And while there are many distractions in this world that can get to us, it really only takes um, a step in the right direction, whether it is five minutes out of your day to just say, hey, thank you, God. I know that I like to start my days by the moment I open my eyes, I say, thank you, God. For allowing me to wake up today, for allowing me to spend another day on this earth doing what you have called me to do. Now, that probably sounded really super cool and like faith-filled. Sometimes it's just like, hey God, thanks, I'm awake. (laughs) Don't get the wrong impression, but that is always my heart and intention behind whatever I do actually say to God in my head in that one minute from me opening my eyes to talking to him. Now, the second part of Matthew 22 says to love your neighbor as yourself. And this one can also be a pretty tricky one. 
for the simple fact that it can be really difficult to actually love ourselves. And we are actually not able to complete this action if we don't love ourselves. And that's really God requiring something of us in order to start obeying him through this action. So how do we actually do this? How do we love ourselves? Because we can't actually love our neighbor to obey God in that action until we love ourselves. And there's a couple of ways that we can actually do that. And the first is to just give yourself a break. Allow yourself to just be human. If you mess up, don't be so hard on yourself. We are our own worst critic. And if we mess up and if we fail and if we do something wrong, we're the ones who are going to be the harshest on ourselves, not the people around us and really not even God. There are consequences to our actions, but God's not up in heaven in the clouds pointing his finger at us anytime that we do something wrong. It's actually quite the opposite. God is with open arms awaiting us to run to him whenever we do mess up. So the first way to love ourselves is to just give ourselves a break, allow ourselves to just be human, to make mistakes because that's part of life and it's actually something that's really inevitable. The second way is to embrace yourself and that really goes hand in hand with giving yourself a break, it is embracing yourself. Now to embrace yourself means that you have to have the ability to be okay with who you are and that's another one that can really sting when you think about it and really be difficult to just not just process but accept how are we supposed to embrace ourselves if you know I don't like the hair that I have I it's too curly or it's too straight I don't like the features that I have my nose is this my mouth is that my shape is this you know my appearance is that that's not embracing ourselves that's criticizing ourselves and that's not honoring what God created. Now this is the point where all of this really ties together because we talked about honor previously with how we can begin to obey God by honoring him, by thanking him. And once we're able to really get to that place where we do love ourselves, then we can begin to love our neighbor. Now what does loving our neighbor actually look like? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes people really just be crazy and it can be really difficult to love a person through any situation, especially if the big one is if they've wronged you. But loving your neighbor is actually being able to forgive them of their trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's Matthew six fourteen, And it's basically telling us that if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Now, this isn't some excuse to basically be a doormat and allow people to walk all over you and do whatever you want and then they get a free pass because God says to love them and to love them means to forgive them. No, it's definitely not what I'm saying. There's definitely got to be boundaries. Boundaries are beautiful. That's something that I learned a long time ago and we'll probably dig into it in another episode, but being able to forgive someone is really more about yourself than the person. Just because you forgive someone doesn't mean that you're telling them that it's okay for what they did. Doesn't mean that their actions are excusable. Sometimes actions are not excusable and that's something that they need to deal with with God. But forgiveness is for yourself, not necessarily for the other person. Because when we forgive, it allows our hearts to mend, for us to move on. Forgiveness 
it can be for the other person. I mean, every situation is different and every forgiveness scenario, it really just kind of depends on what's going on, who the two people are, all of these kinds of things. But forgiveness, first and foremost, is for yourself to be able to heal and to move on and to obey this command, to have obedience and follow the Lord and do what he's asking you to do. Forgiveness truly frees us from the anger and the resentment that keeps us bogged down by holding on to all of that when we don't forgive. The third and final way that we can have obedience in our Christian faith and our walk with God is through prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Now that can be a really daunting scripture to read and to obey, but when we break it down and really realize what that means, it doesn't feel so unattainable. It's actually something that we can do. It just takes practice. Now praying in a simple matter of fact term is really just talking to God. That's what it is when we pray. Who is it that we pray to? We pray to God. So if we're praying to him, we really are talking to him. It's just kind of a form of talking to him that we label with prayer. So praying without ceasing, it doesn't have to be us on our knees praying to him, eyes closed, Bible open, worship music going, like those are definitely instances that instances that we have in our lives and in our walk, but that's not realistic for our everyday lives because there are other commandments that God has for us. Praying really looks like just talking to God in your everyday, in those moments where you're driving to work, where you're sitting at your desk, where you're in the middle of class, when you're driving home from whatever it is that you did that day, talking to God in those moments as you think of him, as you think of the things that you want to pray about, that's praying without ceasing. That's going through your day and consistently thinking about God, praying to God, all of these things. And it's something that it takes time to build and to work up to. So don't, you know, beat yourself up if you're not there, but definitely have that as a goal to one day want to be there and to one day be able to do that. Now, Praying to God daily and just in general is really a way that we can get through the feeling of not understanding him and how we start practicing obedience. Because praying for guidance and inspiration, for example, is a great way to get your foot into the door of that. Prayer itself is a form of obedience because the scriptures say to humble yourselves and pray. It says, as we saw before, pray without ceasing. There are many commandments that tell us to pray. So starting off with that, even if it's the first thing out of your mouth when you wake up in the morning saying, thank you, Lord, for waking me up today, that's praying. So we've covered what obedience means, what it looks like from our Christian faith walk standpoint, but why exactly should we obey God? Other than the fact that we believe in the Lord, we have faith in him, he is our creator, he is our savior, what is another reason that we should actually obey? Now, this is probably a question that you've asked yourself. If you have ever asked a question about God, it's really why. Especially if you didn't grow up in the faith and didn't grow up learning about these things from a young age and had to discover this for yourself. The big question is just why. And as you start walking out your faith and learning more about God, it becomes a little more clearer. But I did want to touch on this for a second because I thought it was really good as I was just preparing for all of this. And I found that obedience actually brings joy to the Lord. In John 15 verses 10 and 11, God himself says, 
If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. I really love this verse because not only does it affirm everything that we've been talking about regarding obeying the Lord and love and just walking out our faith in this aspect, but it also shows us this concept of joy and happiness. It shows that God wants us to be happy and he's giving us a clear direction as to how to get there. And obeying him, following his commandments, doing what he's asking us to do is the first step in getting there. It says in the scriptures, abide in me and I will abide in you. And abiding in God is doing just that. It's obeying his commands, doing what he is asking of you. And that can be really difficult sometimes, but I promise that it's worth it. Obeying God is not always easy. In fact, there are going to be many times where it's going to be the last thing that you want to do. It's going to be away from the norm in your life. It's going to be weird. You're going to be asked to obey blindly. There's different levels as you build your faith and as you continue to obey God. It's going to start off as, okay, I I think I can do this. And then it's going to turn into, God, why are you asking me to do this? Where did this come from? I don't know what's on the other side of it. And that's not to present a scary concept of God, but it's a concept that I really want you to understand because that is how our faith is tested. That is how our obedience is tested. If you can follow God in the little, can you follow God in the great? If God asks you, hey, I want you to say hi to that person and compliment them and you obey, he's going to give you tests that are bigger as you continue on. He's going to start small because he doesn't want to overwhelm you because that goes back to just how much he loves you. He understands that you have to take things one step at a time. So if God is asking you to do something small, I encourage you, obey in that. And as you continue to obey, don't lose hope, but have courage that on the other side of things, when God asks you to obey in bigger and greater things that you may be really scared to do, ask him, God, I need some comfort in this moment. I just need some reassurance. Even though I don't know why you're asking me to do this, I want to know that everything will be okay. And he'll show you because that goes back again just to the wonderful love that he provides, that unconditional love that he offers to you willingly and voluntarily. Now I want to leave you guys with one more verse and that is Luke eleven twenty eight. But even more, blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. And this, I really just want to encourage you to know that God rewards obedience. This verse is directly telling us that if we listen to the word of God, whether it's by reading our Bible or actually hearing him by spending time in prayer and listening for his voice, if we do that and then we put into practice what he has told us to do, then we'll be even more blessed and we will actually be rewarded because of that. We don't just want to listen to God's word, to read the scriptures and then leave it there. We want to actually put into practice and implement his commandments into our lives. Obedience can really be a wonderful thing when it's put into practice, when we understand why we're obeying, and when we understand that God's love is not conditional and not based off of our obedience. That is truly when in our lives obedience flourishes and then we do it willingly when we understand that concept. So all that to say, 
obedience is wonderful. I hope you received so much from this episode and just from everything that we've talked about. I can't wait for the next time. I hope you learned so much throughout our time together. It would mean the world to me if you were to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Even take a screenshot of the episode and share it on Instagram. Tag me at Theologigals and let me know what you think. I want to know what you thought and what you want to listen to next. Until next time, this has been Theologigals. Gals.